Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Thursday, April 28th, and this is People Every Day. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me again today. It's Janine Rubenstein here. There is a lot going on out there, you guys. I swear, the entertainment news cycle the last few weeks has just been chaotic and messy and just, yeah, a lot. So let's do what we do and dive right in. First up, you guessed it, there are more details coming out of the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial today, and they are colorful, just as colorful as Johnny Depp's gummy bears that sat in a pile in front of him throughout the proceedings. Brain food, maybe? Well, over the last few days, the picture of what happened with the couple in the wake of their divorce has been painted. As part of the divorce settlement, Amber Heard was supposed to donate $3.5 million to the ACLU. However, we learned that in 2019, a representative from the ACLU reached out to Heard for payment after she only donated $350,000, which, for my math friends out there, you'll note that's only 10% of what was promised. After asking Amber Heard, for the remainder of the payments, the ACLU was told that she was dealing with some financial difficulties. In the more personal department, details emerged about Amber Heard's love life post-split. Talent agent Christian Carino testified yesterday that the actress asked him to be a go-between following her split from Depp, requesting he deliver apology notes to him. In text to Carino, Heard said, I just want him to know that I'm sorry and I miss him. He also shed light on her short-lived relationship with Tesla CEO Elon Musk after the split. And it sounds like the billionaire was just a rebound. Carino said, that Heard was, quote, just filling space by dating Elon Musk in the aftermath of her split from Depp. Ouch, like just filling space? I wonder if that's what motivated Elon Musk to go to space himself. No, I'm kidding. We will obviously be talking about this case in the very near future. Moving on to a scary story, Haley Bieber opened up to fans about what led to her hospitalization on March 10th. The 25-year-old model was having breakfast with her husband, Justin, when she felt a weird sensation move down her right arm and into her fingers. She rubbed her fingers together trying to figure out what was going on, and then Justin asked if she was okay. I just didn't respond because I wasn't sure, and then he asked me again, and um, when I went to respond, I couldn't speak. The right side of my face started drooping. I couldn't get a sentence out. So obviously immediately I thought I was having a stroke, like a full-blown stroke. Wow, so Haley said they immediately called the paramedics and that by the time she got to the emergency room, she was back to feeling normal. Scans at the hospital, though, revealed that she did in fact have a stroke. Doctors said a strange combination of events led to the incident. So Bieber had just started taking a new birth control medication without speaking with her doctor, she says. And as a frequent sufferer of migraines, the birth control caused some unforeseen issues. She had also recently gotten over COVID and she had just returned from a long trip to Paris, all within a very short period of time. So later tests revealed that she was born with a small opening in her heart that usually closes after birth. 
Haley said that her doctors believe that all of those factors merged into a, quote, perfect storm for this stroke to occur. Bieber underwent a procedure to close the hole in her heart, and she is recovering fully. I mean, what a scary, freaky series of events. Thank God her doctors were able to discover the hole in her heart to prevent another incident like this happening in the future. And, you know, I had a heart murmur growing up, so this is making me want to get checked out. So glad that she is recovering well. And now, you guys, I can't wait any longer. We have to get into Olivia Wilde getting served papers from ex Jason Sudeikis while on stage at CinemaCon. All right, remember when I said that celebrity news has just been off the wall, messy, all over the place recently? Well, this next story is right in line with that. While discussing her upcoming film, Don't Worry Darling, on the CinemaCon stage in Las Vegas this past Tuesday, Olivia Wilde was served legal documents from her ex-fiancé, Jason Sudeikis, pertaining to the custody of their two children. Immediately after this happened, people began wondering if the envelope handoff was, you know, somehow part of the presentation or if it was, in fact, a script. There's a lot to get into here, so joining me now to discuss it all is people's Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, Jane. Take me into what happened here. Olivia was presenting on stage, then what? So she was on stage at CinemaCon, and someone came up to her from the front row of the audience and handed her an envelope. And she kind of like took it and made a joke about how like, oh, this feels like a script. I'm going to open this right now. And, you know, she... She thought that maybe it's just some kind of overzealous fan handing her a script. And so she opens the thing as a script and then looks at it, realizes that it's legal documents relating to custody of her two children with her ex. And she just says, got it. Okay. And then everything got awkward after that because I think the audience was sort of expecting a moment, right? Like a funny moment or some humor or whatever. And that was not happening. Obviously, it didn't take long for everybody to figure out what had happened out of the pure awkwardness of the situation. And the documents are pertaining to her children, a son Otis, who's eight, and daughter Daisy Josephine, who is five. But wow, she handled it like a pro. I have to say, this was something no one expected yeah. to happen in that moment, including Jason. I spoke to a source close to Jason yesterday, and they were absolutely horrified at the way that this went down. I mean, like, he's serving her with papers to challenge the jurisdiction of their custody arrangement. And I think this has to do with the fact that he's filming a lot in London and she's largely based in Los Angeles. So deciding what the jurisdiction is has implications like who gets to decide which school district the children are enrolled in and stuff like that. It's not necessarily anything totally dramatic. These are documents that he obviously wanted filed and that needed to be served to her. He did not want her to be publicly humiliated like this and he had Mm. no idea, idea that this would happen. That's the question on everyone's mind. Like, how could this have happened? The lawyer is going to give the process server the instructions of of what to do and where the person is most likely to be, right? Okay, so she's based in Los Angeles. This is like where she lives. This is like maybe her like office building. In this case, it's like she's going to be at CinemaCon, (laughs) you know, on this day. And I mean, the the real question is, because the CinemaCon press people, they kind of said like, "How we don't know how this happened. We're looking into this because this seems like a security breach. Mm. I think in a, in a post Will Smith world where somebody can just walk on the stage and just do something crazy, this is sort of a little bit like that, that like somebody can just walk right up to her and do what? 
That's true. I mean, because she is a very public figure. But it, it's a public place. The person who served her kind of just did it's, their job, right? Even they though... did a really, they did a very excellent job. Yeah, they bought tickets. Clearly, they got into the front row. They like got right up to the stage and handed it to her successfully. Yeah, it's probably like a lot harder to get close to somebody. There's probably a lot more security yeah. surrounding her when she's walking through the venue or being loaded into the venue or backstage. We don't know the woman's identity. We don't know that much detail. I mean, we just know that it was like a process server that was hired to like serve the papers on behalf of Jason's law firm. And just so everyone is clear, like there are some parameters around this. They can't be in a private location. They can't climb over the wall to get into your house. If you live behind gates, they can't come into a private club to serve you. But anywhere public that they can get close to you, they just have to get close to you. But take us just quickly on a little trip down memory lane on Jason and Olivia's relationship. They met in the spring of 2011 at a Saturday Night Live rap party. We know a lot of celebrity relationships have started there. Oh, yes. <laughs> they seemed like this kind of happy-go-lucky couple. You have this, like, Hollywood siren paired with this, like, funny guy from SNL. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. And yet it always, every single time it happens, we're always like, huh. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, Colin Jost, and Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. I'm sorry, but it is a trend. Three makes a trend. And we have seen at least three of these iterations, right? So for a while, they have this kind of, you know, very idyllic, very Brooklyn, kind of like like a little crunchy, hipstery life. It's like very enviable, but also like clearly not perfect. Like they were engaged for seven years, like being engaged for seven years and never pulling the trigger, but having children in the interim, that like is an interesting signal. There's a little point of contention between the, the two of them. They don't quite agree on when they separated. That's Got been, it. That's always been a little bit up for debate. From her perspective, they were clearly separated for a while, for like the whole, pretty much the, since the beginning of the pandemic. From his perspective, he thought that they were still like working on things up until October mm. of that year. Got it. And then January of 2021, we get Olivia and Harry. Yes. And I mean, if you think about it, that's like a sexy, that's a sexy pairing because he is like, like much (laughs) younger. He's much younger. And his like songs are also sexual and stuff like that. They're all over the world traveling, like just being hot together. (laughs) Wow. Charlotte, thank you so, so much for taking us into this. My pleasure, Jane. Thanks a lot. Did you guys hear about the BYU student who was walking at graduation, grabbed her diploma, and then opened up her gown to reveal a sewn-in pride flag? All of it was captured on the Jumbotron. I love it so much, and she's joining us later in the show to talk all about it. But first, Prince Andrew is back in the news again, and it appears that people in the UK are continuing to hold his feet to the fire for being at the center of years-long accusations of sexual assault. I will fill you in on that right after the break. Stay with us. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. 
We are back and we've got a bit of Royals news for you. Yesterday, we learned that Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, has been stripped of another title. At a meeting at York Racecourse on Wednesday night, councillors voted unanimously to strip Andrew of his Freedom of the City honor. After the vote, a York Council executive member told news outlets, the honor is held by many notable and accomplished people who carry it with pride and responsibility. Having been stripped of his military roles and royal patronages by the Queen, we believe that it is right to remove all links that Prince Andrew still has with our great city. And added, it is no longer appropriate for Prince Andrew to represent York and its residents. The removal of this honorary title sends the right message that we as a city stand with victims of abuse. York counselors also said the, quote, next logical step would be for Prince Andrew to do the right thing and relinquish his Duke of York title. The title was bestowed to him by Queen Elizabeth on his wedding day. The campaign to remove the honorary title from Prince Andrew came in response to the scandal, of course, surrounding his ties to Jeffrey Epstein and the sexual assault lawsuit lobbied against him by Virginia Giuffre. You'll remember that back in January, the Queen stripped the Prince of his military titles and patronages, as it was just said. It should be noted that Prince Andrew has retained his title as the Duke of York as of now and keeps his place in the line of succession to the throne, which is currently ninth behind Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's two children. In March of 2020, students at Brigham Young University were confused when the school that is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, more often referred to as the Mormon Church, confirmed a ban on same-sex relationships just two weeks after it changed its code of conduct to appear to permit them. Although some verbiage was changed, the honor code remained the same. Elder Paul V. Johnson told the students, same-sex romantic behavior cannot lead to eternal marriage and is therefore not compatible with the principles of the honor code. At the time, many students protested and others felt silenced and torn between being able to receive an education and being authentically themselves. Well, four days ago, one student shared with the world through her TikTok page that she was no longer going to be silenced and was proud of who she was. In a video that has been viewed more than four million times, Jillian Orr shared how she and her sister sewed a rainbow flag into her graduation gown. And as she walked up to get her degree, she opened up her gown in front of the entire school and is unapologetic for it and will accept any consequence that may come her way. So joining me now is that loud and proud student, Jillian Orr. Jillian, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Hello, my friend. Clearly, being a student in the LGBTQIA plus community is a challenge at BYU. So what was the moment for you when you realized that clash between education and religion and who you authentically are? There's a lot of pre, I mean, teachings and things that were raised in in this culture to believe that to even feel that or act upon that is a sin. Having these emotions growing up, I was like, oh, as long as I don't act on them, I'm not that. It wasn't until, you know, come the middle of my education that I started to recognize that, wait, this is like, it's not just something you act on. It's not just something you become. It's something that you are. Mm. And as long as you try to fight it, there will be continual cognitive dissonance. They were forcing me to pick between my spirituality and my sexuality. And it was hard and it was painful because I'm a very spiritual mm. person and I'm very, I'm very close to God. And so being at a school that is so religiously based, I felt torn because I couldn't be authentically me with my sexuality and I couldn't be authentically me with my spirituality in one place. Mm. 
Well, you seem to have a very supportive sister that helped you in that. When did you decide that you wanted to do this? And what was that conversation like with your sister? My little sister has known the battle that I've gone through. And so when it was finally time for my graduation, it was finally time that I could like, I could, you know, be awarded for the work that I had done. She's like, you should make this you know, in honor of yourself and also in honor of others who are going through this too. And so she's like, maybe you should wear a rainbow dress. And I was like, ah, it's not quite my style. And then she's like, well, what if you did a flag on the inside? Your outfit could be a protest in a civil manner. And I loved that. And I was like, all right, let's go for it. And so I actually contacted my older sister. I have, I have three of them and they're very supportive. They're my biggest allies. And she's like, let's do it. Let's sew it in right now. So it was the day before I took everything to her. She sewed it in and it just fit perfectly. How has this impacted your current reality? Like what's going on in Jillian's world right now? It's shifted and it's been eye-opening. I didn't expect it to get as big as it did. I just was hoping that like the students would see it and that they would be felt and they'd be heard. And all the positive responses have been from more students, which is awesome to show that like that is important to them Mm. too. But it has just been so cool because I've had parents who are like, thank you for doing that. My child has someone to see and to look up to or my, my, you know, my cousin or my this or that. I've had hundreds of thank you letters for for being seen and for making a stance in a dignified way. You've officially finished your degree in January. Um, the school hasn't commented on this story when people reached out. I-, I heard that you are ready in the event that there are any consequences. I hope it does affect the school. I hope policies change. I, you know, I do understand that there are, con- there are consequences and that they may come. And I was ready for that when I made that decision. I don't know if they are allowed to take away my degree. I don't know if they're allowed to freeze my transcripts. I don't know. I mean, there is something in the church called a disciplinary council where you do have to go and it's kind of like church court. And I don't know, nothing has happened, but either way, I'm ready to face it and take accountability and own that because I, I'm not ashamed of what I did because I understand that there may be negative consequences to choosing what is right. And I'm okay doing that. Oh, Jillian, it has been such a pleasure to speak with you and just to hear your message. I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Okay, guys, our last story is out of this world, literally. Space flight history was made yesterday as Jessica Watkins became the first black woman to depart for an extended mission at the International Space Station. Watkins shared her excitement with NBC's Lester Holt earlier this week. It is it is a, a true blessing and an honor to be in this position. Um, I certainly always really enjoyed all of my internships and the exposure that I got with NASA and and uh, dreamed of just being a part of the NASA mission, the NASA team, the NASA family. Watkins and the ISS crew will spend several months aboard the space station, which I literally can't wrap my head around what that must be like, conducting scientific research, uh, station maintenance, and training. And Jessica will add her name to the list of Black pioneers in space. In 1983, Guion Bluford was aboard the space shuttle and became the first African-American astronaut in space. In 1992, Mae Jemison became the first African-American woman in space when she successfully completed a shuttle mission of her own. And in 2020, Victor Glover became the first Black astronaut to live on the International Space Station. Jessica Watkins acknowledged her place in history while being excited for the future. 
We have reached this this milestone, this point in, in time, um, and the reason that we are able to arrive at this time is because of the legacy of those who have come before to allow for this moment. And then also recognizing that this is a step in, in the direction of a very exciting future. I am so happy for her. I really hope she inspires Black girls and women of color everywhere to pursue careers in STEM and maybe even one day, you know, go to space. Thank you so much again for listening today. I'll see you back here tomorrow to close out the week with our Friday episode of People Every Day.